Hey everyone, it's Adam Maya, and what you are about to hear is my brand new podcast, Troy Stories. I'm launching a new show because, if you hadn't heard, I have a new working home. After five great years with Rivals, I've joined Sports Illustrated Media to launch a USC-based site. The domain is mavensports.io slash USC. I couldn't be more excited about it. Uh, perhaps my favorite part is that it does not have a paywall. So for those of you who love the Trojans and want to know as much as possible about the team, but don't want to pay 10 bucks a month for it, I completely understand. Now you don't have to. I got you covered. All you got to do is visit the site and enjoy the content. Plus, the platform makes it easy for you to connect directly with myself and the rest of the USC community. The message board is integrated into the homepage. Check it out and post away. As always, I'll be providing daily coverage on the football program with breaking news, analysis, commentary, features, videos, podcasts, and of course, tons of exclusives. And like I said, there's no subscription fee. Just click follow on the homepage and you're a member. We also have our own app. Search Maven News in your app store. Once again, the URL for the site is mavensports.io slash USC. So come one, come all. I can't wait to see you there. And now, without further ado, I present to you the Taylor Mays interview. Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast. I'm Adam Maya, and I'm going to call this Troy Stories. What do you think about that, Taylor? Sounds good to me. <laughs> that is uh, the legendary USC safety Taylor Mays is in the house. Taylor, how are you doing? What's going on? It's good to be here. I'm happy to be here with you on the first podcast. I feel honored. Um, and I'm here to talk football. I love talking about football, and I'm excited for this upcoming season. Yeah, you've been hanging out. It's been good to see you at practice. It's been a minute, and you've been around watching them in training camp and leading up to game one. And I thought we'd get your thoughts on that and you know a few other topics. You had a, a really interesting journey, and again, you did quite a few things here at USC, so I feel like there's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, we might have to break this up and, and do a few of these if we're really going to get into it. Yeah, I think it's the, the, the deeper that we get, the more parts, A, B, C, D, right. that it comes to the series. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this upcoming season. It's nice to be back on campus. It's crazy how fast the time goes. We're looking at you know, roughly 10 years since yeah. I left school, about right. nine, 10 years. And uh, it's just crazy how fast the time goes. I get older, but the players remain the same age. So it's kind of a weird feel for me. But uh, I thought you were going to quote uh, Gaze and Confused right there. <laughs> oh, no. You know, talking about Matthew McConaughey. What did he say? I, I get older, but they stay the same age. Oh, they, oh the guys that's what girls. I meant. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. it's college. No, no, I get it. We're all good. I get it. Okay, we're in the truck tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all right. right. Yeah, I get older, (laughs) but they stay the same. Yeah. Anyway, my bad. No, same. But we could just replace high school girls with song girls or something. There we 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 go. go. Same thing. I know you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Let's talk about the the 2019 Trojans. Uh, Having been able to watch them a little bit in practice, I know you were at that fall showcase. 
What have you thought? So, I've seen him at, at practice several times. I've seen him in the scrimmage. And the team looks good. I'm glad that uh, Coach Helton got the quarterback situation sorted out. I think he always knew. Yeah. You know, obviously. <laughs> I mean, we knew who was going to play quarterback. Right. But at the same time, you kind of want to keep guys on their toes. You want to uh, keep JT on his toes and, and keep him competing and feeling like every day he has to come out and prove himself because he's going to be tested this entire season. He's already been tested. And that's kind of just part of what comes with being a USC quarterback. He's going to have to deal with a lot of adversity. He has to, in a sense, carry the team on his back. And I think that Coach Helton did that just to kind of put him through the ringer a little bit and get him as mentally tough as possible so that he can withstand this season. Well, I have a question for you regarding that competition because it's well known that with Pete Carroll every day you had to win and yeah. and it, it, nothing was given to you and, and that was really kind of the fabric I think for their for those teams success the teams that you were a part of yeah. so even for you a four year starter three time All American yeah uh, and you were a freshman All American so you yeah. can call it four times if you yeah. want did you feel like like you were being pushed in that way where you could even lose your job if you weren't bringing it in practice? Well, so what's funny is that over the past couple of weeks, the more I've been thinking about my time at USC, there were times during my sophomore year, junior year, not really as much my senior year, yeah. but uh, my sophomore and junior year where I was coming off of being an All-American, yeah. where sometimes in practice with the ones, they would pull me out. Mm. And they would put somebody else in and kind of just mix it up. And so that kind of stuck out in the back of my mind. It kind of just kept me on my toes and kept me uh, continuously having to work to earn my spot. Right. And I think that's one of the best things we were talking about. One of the, the hardest and the best things that you can do as a player individually and really as a team is understanding that, especially in the sport of football, you have to come out and play every single day. And it's so easy just to say that for those words to come out of my mouth. Sure. But it's really a mindset and a, a lifestyle in the sense that whatever you do, you know, on a Saturday or in the NFL on a Sunday previously, doesn't matter. You have to come out and practice that next Monday, that next Tuesday, Wednesday. And it's just a continuous effort on being good. And so for me, learning that at a younger age, especially with Coach Carroll, I think that really helped me understand that in the same way that if you have a bad play and you want to erase that from your memory quickly, you have to do the same thing with success. And I think that's where guys slip up is they don't treat success the same way they treat failure rather than treating both the same mm -hmm. and just continuing to having the same uh, work ethic regardless of where you're at. You know that now. When did you learn that and where did you learn that? So I would say that I had a very interesting high school experience because uh, for me in high school, we lifted weights a lot. Some guys come out of high school and they've never really lifted a weight. For me, uh, we lifted a lot of weights in high school. We worked out every day. It was pretty serious. So physically coming out of high school, I was in the right place. I think once I got to USC and saw some of the best athletes in college football, it really kind of motivated me to 
mentally take it to another level. Mm-hmm. And so once I started to to get here and see what some of the guys who had been here previously and who had had success, what they did, the type of work ethic they had. I, like we talked about uh, Coach Seto. Yeah. And one of the people that uh, Coach Seto referred to a lot was Troy Palomalu. And Troy didn't say a whole lot, but he worked harder than anybody. He watched more film than anybody else. He knew exactly what was going on on the football field. And when you have, in a sense, role models or players that you're looking up to who have laid the foundation and really the blueprint for what it is to be a successful football player, especially at USC, it's almost easy in a sense because then it's black and white. You're either doing it or you're not doing it. So for me, I just tried to learn from the guys who had already been successful pick up all the information and knowledge that Coach Seto was teaching him. It, it, USC was a great, USC was one of the best decisions that I ever made. Probably the best decision that I've ever made because especially with the timing of it, it I just had from Coach Carroll to uh, Coach Norton to Coach Seto to uh, Brian Cushing, like I just had the best people around me. So they kept me on my toes. We always competed. We were always working hard. And I really think that I got the most out of those years. Okay. So I'm sure when you watch practice, which is a common conversation among the fan base, the way that this team practices, I'm sure it looks a lot different than what you're used to. But the rules are different, yeah. too. You yeah. know, they're, they're very different yeah. from the NCAA. But just from what you've been able to observe, are there things that – you see that you think like, okay, I really like what they're doing there, or are you still kind of feeling that out right now as you observe the way what they're doing? Well, so I've been to about four or five, I would say four or five uh, practices slash scrimmages, and I can't judge them, even though I want to judge them off of a single practice, uh, I don't at the same time want to judge them off single practice. and. They've been already practicing for a little bit now. Obviously, the season's getting ready to start. And teams have their ups and downs. It's hard to generate uh, enthusiasm every single time you go out to practice. But what I'm looking for is, regardless of if guys are sore, guys are tired, they're still kind of getting over that jump or that mental and physical hurdle that's there that says, today I'm tired, today I'm sore, today I might just take off the next couple periods and kind of just go through the motions. And that's just a constant battle, a constant fight. I think that this team has had ups and downs at practice where they're struggling with being tired, being sore, and they'll have a good period, and then they'll have a slower period, you know, in a sense. And at the same time, with the type of coach that uh, Coach Helton is, Mm -hmm. I don't want to fault him for anything because I don't know necessarily – exactly what his philosophy is. I don't know what the roles of his defensive coordinator are, his offense coordinator. Some head coaches. Position coaches. Exactly. Some head coaches let all their position coaches coach. Yeah. And they kind of sit back and monitor and then give advice where it's needed. Some head coaches are right in your face all the time and want to coach every player individually. So it, it kind of just depends. I would say that this team has showed the makings and the the – general outline of a team that could be successful mm-hmm. but it's going to just come down to whether or not they're able to continuously 
put out maximum effort and do the things that successful teams do. And they've showed it in yeah. flashes, especially yeah. in practice. They've showed it. But like in the scrimmage, way too many deep balls, offensive line played okay. You know, in in football, okay in one game might be the difference between <laughs> going to a certain bowl game right. or not. Right. You know, and, and that's yeah. just what it comes down to. So that's what I'm saying with the attitude that you have to bring it all the time. Yeah. There's no you know, there's no real second chances. It's just something that you have to ingrain in yourself that I'm gonna come out and do it all the time. It's a lifestyle and it's really just an attitude that I hope these guys can grasp. So with the coaches I tend to even defend them at times yeah. only because I know that they're working. Yeah. And this is their job. This is their livelihood. And even right now, especially, they're in an unstable position. You know, everyone knows that. So I wondered, how much can a player, can a veteran, can leadership within the locker room really kind of keep the team accountable and moving in a given practice or in a given week? So... I would say that within every team, especially within a college team, there's a balance of power. You have the coaches and their philosophy and them trying to get players uh, riled up for the game. And then you have the players and players whose responsibility and the leaders, the captains, guys who um, you know want to want to be rah rah guys or or get guys motivated to play and that's where I'm that's where coach Helton comes in the coaches come in because each team has its own identity each team has the coaches that are loud coaches or yeah. like in your face coaches and then each team has players who are the hype players in a sense and the problem or the thing that I'm interested in seeing with this team is yeah. The seniors, the captains, with the teams that have been here before, are these seniors and captains guys that are capable of leading this team? Have they learned from the players that have came before? Were the players that taught them doing the right thing? Right. If they weren't doing the right thing, then these guys did. Like for me personally, I came up under great, that's what I was saying, I came up under great players. I learned from great great football players right nothing against guys who have been here in the last couple of years but i don't know if they yeah. were teaching these guys the right thing yeah the right way to do things so who, who are some of the guys for you i know who you played with but i'd like to you know who do you feel like really kind of held that mantle and, and you were able to kind of take over for well, one of the main people and i played with him yeah. is kevin ellison yeah i mean and kevin ellison was probably the most underrated player that we had he probably, that was most, he probably was our most productive player on defense yeah i agree but he was so underrated because right. he wasn't a five-star recruit yeah he, he wasn't, wasn't an amazing super, athlete super fast like yeah. you know he was pretty big but yeah. he, he just didn't stand out uh visually uh but he was somebody who everybody learned from yeah who influ- influenced all of our lives uh, obviously, Cush was another person. Lawrence Jackson was mm-hmm. another person. Uh, Terrell Thomas was another person. Uh, we we had Cedric Ellis, yeah. another guy. Like just we just had so many you players really who yeah we had a <laughs> lot of players who uh, were just great players. And even more than that, they wanted to be great players. They worked their ass off. Yeah, they were willing to do anything that they could. 
to become better football players and to help the team. And when you have an entire team of players like that, you're going to be a dangerous team. And the thing is, is especially with this team, and this goes to the question that you asked me, yeah. and I think this is important. The coaches are the at the end of the day, the coaches are the coaches. The coaches can only do so much. It's up to guys, Mike uh, Pittman, for example, who the players are really going to follow. Yeah. Or JT, who the players are really going to follow. Yeah. And what standard are they willing to accept? Mm -hmm. Because I know when I was in school, whether it was when I was in my earlier years or my older years, there were things we were not willing to accept. We used to be at practice and say, we're not going to let the offense run for a yard. And it was a serious thing. Like it was a it was a very serious thing. If yeah. they get a yard, if they get a two yard gain, we're gonna be very upset. I mean yeah. it was a very serious thing to us. And that was our standard. That was the way that uh, we wanted to be conveyed as a team and as players individually. The players now, the coaches can only do so much. Yeah. They obviously don't go out, you know, and, yeah. and they don't play. So what are the players, the leaders on the team, the seniors, the captains, what are those guys, what is the standard that they want to play at? And what are they willing to accept? When I was at a practice, there were some things that they didn't do well. Of course, the coaches can yell at you. But at some point, the leaders on the team have to step up and say, hey, this isn't good enough. Or we're not doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be better than this. And regardless of what the coaches do, if the players don't take on that responsibility also, mm -hmm. the team will never be successful. So when you watch practice, who are a handful of players that you would point out that they catch your eye because of the way that they practice and the effort that they put? So the first two people, obviously, and I know this is biased, but the, and I've talked about them a lot, is uh, – Talanoa and Isaiah. Yeah. And the reason that I like them is because they're one, they <laughs> one, they play fast. Yeah. They practice fast. And both of them seem to wanna be great football players. At least as good of a football player as they can be. They wanna maximize what they exactly. have. Exactly. They they have that attitude. Yeah. I would agree. Um, they, they really, truly have that attitude. And that's obviously something you can't teach it. A coach can't uh, beat it out of you. He can't make you run or suicide or do up-downs to get it out of you. It's just something that you either naturally have or, or, or you don't. Did you have that when you got here, or is that something that kind of came with time? I would say that I, I would say I had it. Without a doubt, I think it's something that for some players, uh -huh. they it can be almost in a sense. It can be developed. In a way, it can be developed. Yeah. yeah, in a in a confidence way. Like some players, if they go through and put in enough work, confidence comes from putting in work, doing the right thing consistently, day after day after day. And I think that some guys, if they go through and feel what it, experience what it feels like to work hard and do the right thing, then in time they'll build confidence in themselves and then they can develop that attitude that says, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Versus yeah. anybody can say, I'm going to be great this year. I'm going right. to you know, run for a thousand yards. Anybody can say that. Yeah. That's, that's 
kind of empty. Exactly. Any, just like anything in life, anybody can say, "I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take a photo of myself with my shirt off and flat." <laughs> you know, anybody can do that, but very few people can live it because most people don't want to do what it takes to be successful. Obviously, yeah. during training camp, uh, we we're talking about the hump. Like yeah. some guys, is it, naturally, you say, "Well, today I'm gonna." You know, I don't... Get through the experience. Sore. I'm a little sore. Yeah. But if you truly... If you truly want to be great, those are the times that you kind of check in with yourself and say, I got to push through this. Or instead of cutting a couple reps in the weight room, you say, no, nah, I'm going to finish this workout. I'm going to stay in the cold tub for 20 minutes longer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat the healthier option rather than just going to McDonald's. And when you add up a lot of small things yeah. it kind of just makes a compilation of what players who are successful do so it might be hard to answer but injury aside how often do you think a player or how often would you say you yourself you're like I guess conflicted with being disciplined how, how hard is it to be disciplined through the course of a season if you're if you're available and you're out there, but actually doing what everything that you can. That, that just seems exhausting, to be it's, honest. It's, it's very hard. It's very hard to continuously every day, let's say, eat chicken and broccoli. Or, yeah. You know, it, it's very hard. Right. But it, it's like, to me, at least like anything else, once you get the routine of it going... It's a lot easier. You can like make it in nature, right? Yeah, can... yeah, it has to be second nature. It just kind of has to be something that is just a part of who you are. It's like people who make a New Year's resolution to yeah. work out. And then January 7th, and they, then they took the day off. But and... once you get in the gym yeah. and you make a routine of it and it just becomes a normal part of your life, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. I would always think of it as... If you go on a day-to-day basis, an hour-to-hour basis, did I do everything today to be the best that I could be? It's black or white. There's no gray area. You either answer the question or you don't. And I always thought of it like that. I always thought of it as, and I tell people this all the time, especially if we're talking about diet, I don't really eat for taste. I just eat for the results. Nutrition, yeah. Exactly. You eat for ta- I don't eat for taste. I just eat for results or things in the weight room. There's only a couple of things you can do as a football player that can help make you a better football player. Yeah. Practice, obviously, working out in the weight room uh, and, let's say, watching film. Just a couple of things. So when you're doing one of them things, you have to be paying attention to, am I doing it right? Am I doing everything that I can? And I think it kind of is just a, it's between learning, like we said, from older guys, Mm -hmm. older dudes, older players, Mm -hmm. what that looks like. And then you kind of just making a conscious decision with yourself. Yeah. Because it's one of those things where nobody's going to know. You know, if you yeah. stop at the McDonald's, nobody's going to know. Right. If you, you can get away with stuff in the weight room and yeah. cut a couple, nobody's going to know. You're right. But it leads to the confidence point at the end. If you know that you haven't cut any of those corners, mm. you're going out there on a Saturday and you're feeling great about yourself. If you have cut some of those corners, at the end of the day, well, when you walk out there on a Saturday, you know personally in the back of your mind. You're not totally ready. Exactly. And nobody, at least at USC during when I was here, 
Nobody wanted to be the guy that let down the rest of the team. Right. Because everybody knew how hard everybody else worked. Yeah. And nobody wanted to be the guy to be on the uh, big screen in the team meeting room mm-hmm. that was getting embarrassed or that was responsible for the team losing. Nobody wanted that. So when we see this team play on Saturday, what are some things that you would be looking for that would indicate to you that, okay, this team has developed good habits or it has not yet? What are some things that would signify whether they, you know, they've, they've been disciplined in the way that they've been oh. practicing? Well, so the first thing that I look at is, one, with the special teams. Hopefully we start and we kick off. Hopefully uh, that happens because just the – the mentality of kicking off and, and being on kickoff team and running down there and hitting people. I know that, especially with the rules now, that it's a little different, but um, how fast guys run down there on kickoff. And then I'm just going to look at how the defense is going out onto the field, if they're running to the ball, if they're physical. You can take, I can understand from a defensive perspective, I can understand certain technique technical mistakes Mm -hmm. I can understand that yeah but regardless guys should be running to the ball effort guys should be everybody should be near the ball everybody should be near the ball yeah Um, and guys really have to play with enthusiasm they have to because that is by far the most intimidating thing for an offense is when you have guys running to the ball if you watch it on film or if you're playing against a team when everybody's running to the ball, especially when you watch it on film and you kind of just see a swarm of guys coming to the screen and hit the ball carrier, offenses don't want to play against something like that, you know. And you would know <laughs> every great defense plays like that. Yeah. That's the one common denominator between most great defenses. Is yeah. Every single great defense plays like that. So I'm gonna look for that because some of the other things can be taught or tweaked later. Okay. That's on on defense. Yeah. You know, our guys coming out and being pumped up early and then kind of cooling off and kind of just going through the motions. Or once the second quarter comes or the guy's flat. If the off, if uh, JT, God forbid, throws an interception, what's the attitude of the defense? Are they, mm-hmm. uh, damn, we got to go back on the field? Or are they jumping up like this is an opportunity for us to get the ball back for, right. for the offense? You know, we'll take care of our it. backs against the wall. Don't, yeah. Because as a defensive player, you want to be in that situation. And if I was out there, or if I was telling them, I would say, hey, you want to be in the situation, guys. Like, really? this is the chance. Your backs are against the wall. It's it's a, a sudden decision play. We got to get out there. We got to handle our business. That's so just guys, guys should thing. relish that. Yeah, they, I would. I would think that. I, yeah. That's how I would see it. Okay. It's just one of those things where you have to prove yourself. And in football, you always want to prove yourself. That's what football is about: constantly proving yourself. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, and this goes for the offense and for some of the defense guys, but uh, mental mistakes. You'll know how disciplined they are by some of the mental mistakes that are made during the game. Uh, encroachment, offsides, snap count stuff, just right. uh, illegal formations, mm. things like that. Because those are things that is a is a player. And if I was tell if I was coaching them, I would say, we the things that we can that we have control of, we can't mess up. 
So we cannot have any guys jumping off sides, especially our offensive line, on a hard count. Yeah. It's just not acceptable. I, you can take if a great player jumps over your corner and catches a ball. And yeah. You it every, I mean, you could, you could take that. But you some of the stuff is not acceptable. The things you can control, not acceptable. So that, that would be a immediate way for you to know just how disciplined some of those guys are mm-hmm. by some of these penalties. Better not be any personal foul penalties, you know, things like that. Cool. Your four years, which, you know, three of them were very similar. The fourth one, obviously, true freshman quarterback, yeah. a little bit different. You guys were still good. Yeah, we're Just, right. You know, you weren't a top five team. No. But what I wanted to ask was, between your four seasons, were all four of them similar in how you kind of started the year in which, like, you guys were already that disciplined team entering the year? Or were, were there years where you really didn't have that until week three or October or what have you? I would say that the first three years were all very the same. Yeah. I would say that. Like, day one, you guys were ready. Yeah, I would say so because when I, the, when I first got to USC – it was the year after we had lost to Texas. Right. So guys knew, guys knew how to win. They knew how to work. There were a lot of players that came back from that Texas team. Sure. I mean, yeah, guys, it was a very young it, defense. It was. It was, a, it was there were a lot of players who had been around, who had felt what it felt like, had felt the uh, standard. Yeah. Of what it was like to practice. They knew. Yeah. And the reason I so that that those three years mm. really seemed the same. Yeah, I remember the first game we lost was at um, uh, my freshman year. Oh, so at Oregon, State. Oregon State. Yeah, and I remember being on a weird game. It just I, I I really remember being in the locker room, and I remember being uh, on the airplane, and I was standing there, and Cush uh, Brian Cushing and Dallas Starts were sitting there, and they were they truly didn't feel like we could lose. I mean, it was a genuine mindset that they yeah. really didn't think that we could lose. And it wasn't them being naive. They just couldn't fathom it. Yeah. And I remember thinking the same thing. Like, I just, I, with, especially the things that happened the years before, like yeah. you know, USC, Notre Dame, you wouldn't think, you just would have thought something would have happened. Yeah, well, you guys did come back. Won. Yeah, so that was... Uh, um, what the heck goes on in Corvallis, man? I don't know. That, right? that year... That state, that, it's that, that entire state. Because we <laughs> lost twice to Oregon State, yeah. and the next year was the, the next time... Oh, you, yeah, you lost to Oregon with Sanchez. And we were ranked number one. Right. And uh, we lost to Oregon twice, too, so... Yeah. Uh, but the, the first half, both in 06 and yeah. 08, were really weird. So, 06 and 08, they were both pretty bad. It was worse, though, in 2008, because in 2008, our, I think our defense set a record for, uh, you know, fewest amount of points yeah. in a season, a yeah. regular season. Yeah, leading up to the Rose Bowl. 21 of them were in the second quarter of right. that Oregon State game. Yeah. And so that was what was frustrating was yeah. that was like a but that but see that goes to my point. You always have to play well. Yeah. I mean it's always And one half cost you guys a national title. Exactly. Mark Sanchez throws the interception and yeah. our guys are being, you know, kind of going through the motions on the side. Like we gotta jump up and be ready to go. Yeah. And uh that was tough. I think my fourth year we had in a sense lost 
sight of maybe that work ethic, that mindset that had that we had been that had made us successful hmm. in years before. Yeah. Obviously, we lost a ton of players. Right. And one thing that I don't, I think some of the young guys don't take it seriously, which is something that I would try to convey to them. Some guys, sometimes recruits come in, they might be a freshman or a sophomore, and they think, well, you know, I'm not going to play this year or next year, but once I become a junior or senior, then I'll start to get my act together. But there's so much that you can learn, even if you're not playing. Yeah. And I was, when I've been at practice the last couple of times, i just been telling a lot of guys, I don't even know who the players are, I've just been saying it to <laughs> random guys, like, hey, you might not be in during this drill, but watch what the guy in front of you is doing. Yeah. Watch what he's doing because you can learn just as much mm. and become just as much a, a better player just by seeing huh. what the guy ahead of you does. And it's it's even more relevant when we're talking about the NFL because you only have a certain amount of plays to practice and you might practice a certain like a certain type of screenplay three times during the week and, and they might run it 12 times in the game really yeah I mean it, it, it you never know yeah. so you just kind of, it's just one of those things where you you really have to stay on your toes yeah yeah but if, who are you mentioned uh, Polamau and Hufunga I still want to know maybe are there any other players on defense or on offense that just in the times that you've been here already kind of catch your eye well, with the way that they practice well I like uh, Mike Pittman yeah and I was talking to uh, Casey Coach Colbert sure. about him sure and he just he looks like he looks he practices like somebody who is he, he gets it yeah he's a pro he, he, exactly he truly gets it he looks the part physically um, he he practices well I mean he, he's gonna be a he's already he already is a great player yeah but he, he really cares he really cares you, you can tell you can see yeah. within him how much he cares and what I like about him is he doesn't have to tell you how much he cares. It's not he doesn't no. have to try to. He just shows it through how he lives his life. And I think that is something that those players are important. And I hope that other players are picking up on the way that he goes about his business. Because when you have a guy like that, when other when he makes other players better, that's how USC is really successful. It's not necessarily on the coaches as much in this regard. It's more, he's a great player. If he can up the level of everybody else just by being himself, yeah, the USC team will be all right. But we need an equivalent on defense. We yeah. need an equivalent on special teams. We need an uh, we need an equivalent on the offensive line. I feel like you need a guy like him probably at every position group. Exactly. Right. I mean, you, not, not you won't have eighty five of them, but yeah. if you can have maybe ten of them, you need guys that are almost in a sense like the team dad of the position group yeah. of the offensive line, and the the part the tricky part is you don't want guys just to be loud to be loud. You don't want guys to be rah rah players just to be rah rah players and be yelling at guys. You want guys who are actually going out and doing the work. And the best way to be a leader is to do the right thing and to really live it. And that's why I would say Mike is perfect in that sense. So hopefully 
these other guys will continue to do the right thing and then respect will come through these guys doing what they need to do. They don't need to talk about it. I'm out there watching them dance and all this stuff. And of course, I like to have just as much fun as anybody else and, and, and play around. But at the same time, you have to handle your business. Yeah. And so it'll be very interesting to see if some adversity comes up, how they handle it, how the leaders on the team handle it, and what the team does moving forward. And, and they're in a very interesting position. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about the defense because they have the same coordinator, Clancy Pendergast, yeah. year four. Yeah. But USC is definitely selling the idea that he has cut his playbook in half yeah. and simplified it. And I know that you wouldn't be familiar with what it was before, but I just wonder when you have watched them, what do you see? Do you see a defense that should be simple to execute? Uh, what stands out to you about it? So I would say that, in, especially in college football, uh, defenses are a little bit more simple. I yeah. don't think that I was when I was talking to uh, Talanoa about the defense, and he was talking about some things that he's trying to understand within the defense that they're learning during the install process. And I was telling him that you guys will get to a point where defense, whatever he calls, you guys should be able to run it and be able to be successful. Unless you're completely outmatched, you guys are in goal line and they got five receivers on the field, <laughs> you guys should be all right. But this just comes down to hopefully if he simplifies some of the defense. Because in college football, as long as guys do their responsibility, mm -hmm. things will take care of themselves. We didn't have a – we didn't have – that deep of a playbook when I was in college. We ran the same play a lot. We had a couple plays. It worked for us. Obviously, this isn't the same team, not the same players. Yeah. But at the same time, regardless of the play that, uh, that he calls, mm -hmm. it's still the same mindset because everybody has a responsibility. Everybody needs to worry about their individual responsibility, and nobody wants to be the weak link. And when you have guys being responsible for themselves, and nobody wants to, if I'm a edge player or I'm a contained player, I can't let the ball get outside of me. It's that simple. If I let the ball get outside of me, that's bad for the defense. So the playbook being simpler, I would say, is definitely a plus for yeah. those guys because especially with the – you want it to be as simple as possible, and I would have guys focus on their responsibilities and carrying those responsibilities out more than anything. And it'll just be interesting, especially in college football with this – I think it's less about scheme and more about the attitude of the players and – Really, I, I personally think yeah. I think it's less where maybe in the NFL it's otherwise. When the NFL it's a little bit different, and of course there are some matchups where if you have, you know, uh, if you have a All American wide receiver, you might want to roll the coverage to him. You might want to put a corner on him and trail him and put a safety over the top, which yeah. is somewhat similar. Right. But um, there's some uh, uh, certain blitzes or blitz schemes that you can run. Uh -huh. But I think I think college football is about because a lot of the defenses are very similar. They're just a little a little 
difference in, in huh. um, maybe where a player lines up or uh, a guy blitzing. Everything is, is somewhat similar, at least in my opinion. I think it's more about guys going out there and carrying out their responsibility. If you have the flat, you have the flat. That's your responsibility. When you watch it on film, most big plays come from missed tackles or mental errors. The majority of them do. If you can tackle and you don't make mental errors, mm. I don't care what defense you run. So it's less scheme. It's more... In, I think it's you know, less the per, scheme. The kind of personal I think accountability. I think it's less scheme because yeah. in, in, the difference also between this and the NFL is that... And the reason I say it is because NFL is obviously about matchups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you have... If you're getting Gronkowski on a linebacker, right, that's right. something Camara. that... Yeah, exactly. That that is a that's a mismatch all day. But in, in college football, it's it's not really the same. Like it it's more about especially what I've seen when I went out there and watched them. It doesn't matter what play they call, what play uh, uh, the DC calls. Okay. If they're not taking care of the deep ball in the scrimmage, there were a couple balls that were thrown downfield on us, and that should be. Not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, a couple of them were weren't even thrown well. They were very underthrown. But they recovered even worse. Yeah, exactly. So it just that wouldn't be, even though the playbook obviously is a big deal. Yeah. My primary focus would be guys. You have four or five things that as a DB you know you can't do. You can't miss tackles. You can't let the ball get thrown over your head. You can't get tired. You know, just just a couple things, and it to me, it's not really as much about the playbook as it is just about the technique and your responsibility. Because defense is really young. It is. I, I like the potential of yeah. a lot of the players that are involved. I, I'm aware of that are either in that that first team or they're going to be rotating in. But you know, even your guys at safety, Paul Malik's played a couple games. And Hufunga, I think it's played eight. Yeah. The corners are brand new. Yeah, they are. The linebackers, uh, EA has played a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Probably EA. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and outside linebackers are pretty inexperienced. No, they're 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 pretty young. I mean, yeah. it's 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 it's, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. Right. Like it's it's. It's kind of up in the air. What do you expect then? When, when knowing that, okay, you, you probably like what you know the potential and a handful of these guys, but what can you expect at least early on from a defense that is pretty new? Even though what they're running might not be new to them, they haven't played a lot. They haven't played a lot. What I would expect is that, and I hate to say it, I think it's up in the air a little bit. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they struggle in the beginning. I wouldn't be surprised if they struggle to not necessarily get lined up, but just if, if they struggle to get pressure. Okay. If they struggle to make decisions under pressure, because sometimes it's one thing to line up and to know it from watching it on film or to know it on your iPad. Yeah. But it's a whole other thing to react to something during a game when you're tired and... I'm very interested to see. I think that 
if they play well early, it will give them confidence. That yeah. is much needed confidence. Because they even really need to play really well in this game. I think if they do play well, hope if they do play well, it yeah. will give them confidence. Sure. And it could be something that brings them together. Now, them being young and being rather inexperienced, I think you combat that mm -hmm. with a ton of enthusiasm. Because if they go out there together and they're running around, running to the ball and playing physical, yeah. if they're doing nothing else if they're doing that <laughs> that'll bring them together okay and a lot of defense is kind of just about being out there with each other and understanding the concept that this is my i got your back you got my back i'm gonna do my job you do your job and if they can do that they'll be all right mm -hmm. but if they struggle and then they start pointing the finger at each other or getting mad at each other and frustrated, it's going to be a long game and it's going to be a long season. Well, okay, what's the harder thing for a defense to kind of mentally get past? And that, <laughs> your experience here is just so rare and exceptional, but I'm like third downs, I wonder if like if you're giving up a number of third down conversions, is that more demoralizing? Or a 40-yard play or 30-yard touchdown? What's like a more difficult thing for a team to kind of move move past? I would say that uh, I would say as a as a DB, of course, a 40-yard play, which is an explosive play, yeah. is demoralizing. I mean, it's. Because any 40-yard play is going through a... It involves you. Yeah, yeah. Majority of them are. <laughs> right. But at the same time, a third and long, let's say it's a third and 18 or yeah. something like that, is worse because obviously you want to get off the field. Right. And third down, this goes to the mental, the mindset part of it. You work third downs. I don't know what day they do it, but they probably do it on, let's say, Thursdays. They yeah. work third down routes. They do third down, seven on seven. Third down is something that you work on specifically because offensive coordinators run third down routes, especially third and 15 plus. Yeah. So that's something that getting off the field and winning those downs is a boost for you, for your defense. It, it gives you confidence. When you don't do it, it's like a kick. But it's hard because at the same time, you got to forget it and continue to go on and, and Back first down. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just a constant battle. I would rather maybe a, the the, the, the random big play is probably a random big play can be it can happen a miscommunication sometimes or yeah. a, a, a missed tackle or something happens and they get forty yards. Yeah, but a third and sixteen and they catch a. Uh, deep dagger out. That's like a that. That's a tough one to come <laughs> sure. back from, especially I, because the crowd's loud yeah. on the third down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pumped up. Everybody's it's excited. Yeah. yeah. So I was just, I was wondering if you thought like what we might see more of from a young defense. Is it more likely that they're going to give them some big plays, or is third down kind of the bigger deal to you? That you well, feel so like the thing about third down is, and you can be a. You can be, let's say, a mediocre defense and be great on third down, uh -huh. and hmm. be, in in a sense, Get away a with great it. defense. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could be a mediocre, and when third down comes, you win, let's say, 60, 70 percent of the third downs, and be a great defense. You can be terrible the first, you know, first second down, and then on third down, yeah, you're winning. And well, so that's just a weird part of it. <laughs> 
don't know if the number's in front of me, but I guess my memory tells me that you guys were kind of the opposite, you know, that bang but don't break. That's yeah. what I remember, especially in 08, where yeah. you guys did not have the greatest pass rush, yeah. but you didn't, you didn't let anybody score. Well, <laughs> you we didn't let anybody score. Like, no one scored touchdowns, yeah, occasional field goals. Score. And so I'm guessing the numbers would say that third down, you guys were just okay, but you guys never gave them any big plays. Almost. Yeah, we, we, and that's, that's a whole, that goes again, I'm telling you, it goes again to the mindset. There's different parts of the field, and like say the offense gets over the 50 yard line. Yeah, yeah. They're, right. You know, between uh, the 20s, the 40, right? Yeah. The uh, there, once you get into scoring range, or once the offense gets into scoring range, it's a whole other mindset that comes. Like we can't let them score, yeah. or if we if uh, they're not getting seven, exact. They're not getting seven. Yeah. We got to make them kick a field goal, especially if you're coming off of a sudden change turnover. Hmm. If the running back fumbles yeah, yeah. and now they have the you ball in twenty five, it's just a mindset thing. Yeah. So again, you can be a mediocre defense and be great in the red zone at keeping an offense to three points instead mm-hmm. of seven points. Mm-hmm. You do that four or five times during the game, that can win you a game. Yeah. And. Uh, that's so again you work just like you work third down routes you work red zone routes you work uh there's something called like sudden change routes which are normally a, a defense coordinator will tell you that on a sudden change which is you know after a fumble or something like that or even after a big play the offense will take a shot again so if they if they if your offense throws an interception the new offense comes out they might take a deep shot. Right there. Because that's just, right that would be the time they do it. Catching. Or run a trick play. Yeah. So that's just a, that is something that's a kind of a mindset thing that the Bimber don't break, we can't let them score. And those are kind of the small mental games that you play with yourself and you play with your teammates and say, and that's how you get many victories throughout practice throughout games mm. you know we did what we had to do this time and then okay let's do what we have to do again next time and it's just kind of you you kind of build up those things throughout practice throughout the week throughout training camp and it just becomes a normal part of who you are as players who you are as a defense and that's those are the things that I would we talk about competition that I would like to see this team really embrace yes those kind of wins like get excited about those wins i don't mean like don't don't <laughs> right. go over the top but sure be happy with if we throw an interception our defense goes out there and gets the ball right back or something yeah that's exciting i don't care if the crowd's not excited i don't care be excited as a defense be excited between each other yeah. be excited with the coaches that's a big deal. Exactly. There are only so many scoring plays in the game. Exactly. Even in a high-scoring game, you're, you're talking about a dozen plays. Exactly. So if you prevent one, exactly. that's a big deal. Exactly. That's a huge deal. And that's just that goes to the – if you don't practice it, it's not going to happen for you in the game. Hmm. You can't not practice it or not practice it at a certain level. And then when the game comes, expect to be able to take it to that level – Mentally and physically, or even emotionally. Yeah. And but, well, I don't want to put you on the spot, but from what you've been able to observe, are they working on that stuff enough, or could they do more? I think anybody could do more. You, I think you can always do more. 
Um, like comparable to like what you did. Like I mean, if you remember, did you guys work on that more? I don't. I don't. Can I compare it to when I was in school? I would say that the emphasis on it from the coaches is equally there. Okay. I would say some of it is up to the players to try and make the types of plays that, like there was a drill that they were doing, the ball was on the four or five yard line, the offense ended up scoring. Yeah. It. The offense, they didn't really celebrate the same way that I would have thought the offense would have celebrated. Uh-huh. Now, if it was the equivalent and the defense would have kept the offense out, I would have thought the, the defense would have, like, erupted or at least yeah. they don't have to, like, but at least understand, like, okay, we're practicing for situations. Yeah. If you don't practice it and really feel what it feels like to hmm. go through, they, what was the play they ran? It was a two-point conversion play. And JT threw it to Mike, and he kind of hooked and batter oh, it to right. a, a running back. And yes. I saw him working yeah, on that trick play, play that we're not talking about. Talk about yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, it just it just was what it was. And, uh, you know, it was kind of, in a sense, like we're saying, demoralizing for yeah. uh, the defense. Yeah. But those are at least... It could be good for the defense in the same sense because at least they're feeling the emotion of what it feels yeah. like to lose. They so should feel they a sting there, right? Exactly. They should so feel they that. Don't. So it'll hopefully motivate them to never – they won't want to ever feel that. And yeah. That's something that uh, great teams, great players, they don't want to lose. They never want to have to experience those Oregon States, those Oregon games. Yeah. You know, they Oregon never, State again. They never Oregon State again. <laughs> Oregon again. They never <laughs> want to experience those games, so they always work to the level of winning everything. Yeah. Hey, you you won some Rose Bowls too. Yeah, we won some. We were we were, we were okay. We you did, did a couple we games. We did what we had to do. Yeah. Uh, right. So, of course, I've noticed that you've been really connecting with Chalano from yeah. the. Uh, if you could kind of share. a what you've been talking about, what you've been wanting to, to teach him, and what you feel like he's really learning. I think he he has a lot of questions, which is good, because I think he he really wants, like we were saying, he really wants to yeah. learn and be a great football player. Uh, what I was telling him is just, just slow down your life in, in, in a sense that if it doesn't, if it's not related to you being a better football player, don't do it right now. Do the things, take care of yourself, obviously, uh, your family, but really take it to another level in terms of doing everything you can for yourself, for this team, uh, whether it's in the weight room, we talked about just doing the right thing and just trying to really focus on these next couple months and be the best football player that he could be. Yeah. And he, t- he 100% just understands the concept. And the hard part is, is some guys want to be great, but they don't really know what it looks like or how to do it. And, yeah. and that's where, you know, your coaches or older guys or maybe me will help kind of mold you into and tell you the things that you can do. Yeah. So I just was telling, we were talking about, um, how to take on a pulling guard. There was a play, you try to take on a guard, and 
he kind of got pushed to the side and I was telling him, well, you know, if you get a wider angle, then you have a better, we call it like a power angle, going to attack the pulling guard with your shoulder rather than getting too vertical upfield and then he's just going to wash you down or wash you uh, wash you outside and you're yeah. never going to be able to either spin back and make the play. So just things like that and we talked about, we've talked for a while about uh, quarterback intentions. Yeah. So especially in college, most college quarterbacks, they might try to look you off, but a lot of them They're going to give away on their, what when, they're doing. Once they take their uh third or fifth step drop or even after uh, uh, play action, once their back foot is planted and they step forward, the ball's coming out. So I was telling him, when you're watching it on film, look for each quarterback individually and look for what he is he slap is he patting the ball right before the ball comes out? Mm. Where is his if he's, What's he do before the step? Before the back foot? Yeah, like so uh, on, a, on just a normal five step drop. Yeah. Once he takes the fifth step he normally plants his right foot and steps up. That's when the ball comes out. Right. For most quarterbacks. Yeah. Because of timing, because of pass rush, because they want to get the ball out for you know the timing of uh, depending on what routes the offense is running, and at the same time, his front shoulder will tell you a lot because if if he's dropping back and his front shoulder is closed, meaning that it's. Uh, parallel to the sideline yeah he's probably going front side which is to his right yeah if he drops back and his front shoulder is open meaning that his chest is more open towards the field in front of him yeah it's probably going to the left because he can't he's then gonna have to close his left shoulder back to being parallel to the sideline right to throw it to the front side which right. is to his right so regardless of where his head is at you can look at where his shoulder is and kind of get an idea of where he's going with the ball and just look for little things. And then once you see those things enough and enough and enough, that's how you play faster. And that was one of the things that I learned, in, especially with uh, Troy Palomalu. Some of the plays that he makes, when you see it on TV, you're like, this is just, there's no way that he read it that fast. And then when you learn what he was looking at and things like that, uh, you kind of can break it down and say, okay, he saw this formation. He, he knew that the offense was you know, going to run a screenplay if it was trips and the back was uh, to the weak side and you know maybe the back was wide outside of the tackle and it was on the left hash and – Troy knew that the left tackle kind of did a spasmodic movement with his hands mm-hmm. and, and they, you know, he went to block the corner or something. You watch those things and then you kind of just have an idea. And that's the hard part for him is some of the progress that he's going to make is going to have to come from making mistakes. I can't yeah. tell him. It's just some you stuff to he's going to have to play the place. Exactly. Yeah. So that he's going to be all right, though, as long as he... Uh, is able to just push through the adversity and just continue to have the same attitude, he'll, he'll be all right. Now, I don't know if you guys talked about this at all, but I'm sure you're aware of the injuries that he's kind of dealt yeah. with in a yeah. short order. Did you get any sense that that could be uh, a factor for him moving forward? I think that whenever you come off of it, I think he hurt his collarbone. Yeah, twice. Yeah, his collarbone. Yeah. I think that that's always going <clears> to <throat> stick into the back of your head, especially for him. I think 
the more games that he plays this year, then naturally the more confidence that he has in it. Okay. And one of the things that I told him and was is as long if you're going to go tackle and you're going across the body, make sure that you're just getting you don't have to hit him directly with your collarbone, yeah. shoulder, but make sure that you're getting firm tackles and taking an extra step and getting your body across. I don't know how they teach it, so I don't want to say anything that contrasts what yeah. his coaches are teaching him, but make sure you're just getting into his legs and getting your body across them because you'll be all right. You just have to get a couple good hits in. Uh-huh. And then you'll get the confidence back in your collarbone. But I could complete. I had a, uh, I had a torn labrum. Okay. And in the NFL. Yeah. And it, you know, it it took a little bit that next season for me to get the confidence back in being able to stick my right arm out to yeah. make a tackle. But it's just something. It's just part of the game. And I think that. He's tough enough as a kid that he'll be able to push through that. He just needs to get the physical reps of, of yeah. the contact on it. So we're recording this on Tuesday, August 27th, and we have not learned yet who the team captains are. I've wondered. He he might not be one yet uh, in terms of the vote. Yeah. You know, because I don't know how many they're going to pick. Like they, yeah. They've Gone. They've had four. They've had six before. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting Christian Rector, yeah. John Houston, yeah. Michael Pittman, and you know, maybe J.K. You know, being the quarterback. I, I don't know. Yeah, being the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. But but whether he's voted that or not, is he ready? I see him as being a very necessary leader. Yeah. Not just for that room that he's in, yeah. but really for the defense. I, I agree. And is he, is he ready for that? I think that regardless of whether or not he gets voted a captain or not, I think he'll still have the same amount of influence within the DB room and within the defense. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I want him, I want the best things for him, but I almost hope that they don't choose him for it yet so that he doesn't, and he doesn't overthink it and think that he has to do, because this is his he's a sophomore year too that's what I'm saying so yeah. he I don't want him to overthink that well now because he's a captain he has because there are other things he's just he's still developing he's coming of off of an injury yeah and um, he can have the same amount or even more influence hmm. not being a captain uh-huh. so I just don't I don't want him to Why overthink that? because captain, he wouldn't be so. it wouldn't be expected I guess yeah like you know, him being a captain, and I don't know if he would be the youngest captain that we've had. I think uh, I Barkley, I think, was sophomore was the he, year after you left. Was, was he? Ca- okay. Yeah, but yeah, but he he would be, he, and he's, yeah. So there, I just there are probably only a couple. Yeah, there, there can only be a, yeah. Yeah. So I just wouldn't want him to overthink it. But then at the same time, he was a very mature kid, so yeah. maybe he can handle it. Yeah, I mean, I I think it. It could happen, but it depends on how many they go with. Yeah, you know, how many they go with. Yeah. If they go with the third on defense, I would expect it would be him, in fact. Yeah. But they might only go with two. I, I don't know. But I just wondered what you thought about kind of 
the way he connects with his teammates and the way that you can see him make an impact around I think the people he, around I him. think the I think especially in the DB room, yeah. the attitude and the connection, the friendship or you know, in a sense brotherhood between yeah. the players, I think it's great. I think the guys You've been in you got a chance to go in there? Yeah, I think the guys really I mean I think they really get along. I think they really care about each other. I think all that is great. I think they just need to be able to somebody has to emerge from the group and say, We're taking it to the next level. Be a voice. You know, exactly. Yeah. And not even in and be a voice but really be an example. Yeah. Would be uh because some guys are gonna yell and scream. Really somebody that just kinda grabs it and says, This is the direction that we're going, everybody else follow. Yeah. And, Almost like we would expect Mike to do with the receivers, yeah. with the offense, right. something like that, sure. but from the defense. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit more about the team, and I just want to know what is a, uh, a concern of yours? You know, I, I know you're excited about this new year, and you're going to be following them probably closer than you have in the past. Yeah. But what's something that right now you know as we we enter week one you're just really not sure about well it's the same i'm not sure about a lot of the same things that we have been talking about because (laughs) in a sense i can say that everything looks good they've been practicing hard yeah but at the same time they can come out and really struggle really struggle we don't know until we see them against another team, how well they're going to do. What I would be concerned about is that the added, like I was saying earlier about when I was there my freshman year, we really didn't think that we could lose a football game. Yeah. What I'm concerned about with this team is that if they come out and struggle early or lose a couple games early, yeah, that Are they get comfortable losing. They'll get comfortable losing and that they'll believe the hype, but in a negative way. Uh, that they'll fall into maybe the same mindset that they had last year or kind of just not in a sense. I don't think these guys, I think these guys love and I think they, they have too much honor and respect for themselves and for this football program yeah. ever, in a sense, throw the towel in. I, I, I never thought they did that yeah. last year. No, no, I didn't think they did yeah, last year either. Right, no, I'm, I'm saying. But they lost be on the record. seven games. Yeah. So I don't want them to think that this is going to be another seven-game season right. like it was before. I don't think the guys have ever given up. I don't think that's a part of any of the guys on the team. But I just yeah. don't want them to – of course, everybody, when you go to USC, you want to win a Rose Bowl, win the Pac-10. I don't yeah. want them to struggle early and then say, but we, we're not going to achieve this goal. Mm-hmm. This gonna, because that's just, you're going to face adversity. You know, a lot of times facing adversity and moving forward through it mm-hmm. or past it is one of the best things you can do. And that's as a football player, that's as a team, that's as a human, an individual. Yeah. You can face a lot of adversity and you have to just learn how to handle it, embrace it, and then move forward. So psyche, psyche's kind of a, a really big deal, you think, early on, especially. I think that... It, I, I'm just very interested to see how they handle 
I don't know what the guy. I don't see. Here's the thing. I don't know what the team's expectations are. Yeah. So that's a whole another thing. So when I was here, we wanted to win that <laughs> championship. Title, so right? what are their expectations? Yeah. That would be what I would ask them. What is the team's expectations? And it's interesting that we're saying that with the USC football team. Yeah. But it, it is what it is. It's yeah. Not, I mean, it just it is what it is. Sure. Don't know what their expectations are. I wonder that too, though. To be honest. What are their expectations? We talk a lot, right? And yeah. I'm not on the team, but I talk about it all day and I write about it and I, I kind of expect that okay this team will have a better record than last year yeah. but when people ask me are they going to win the Pac-12 I'm like I, I would be surprised I don't expect that but that's just me because I'm not involved but I, I had this conversation with Michael Pittman and he's like very respectfully I understand why you think that and yeah. why you expect that yeah. but he respectfully disagreed where he's like I expect to be 5-0 you tell me that the schedule's too hard and I get it it is going to be hard yeah. but he's telling me I think we're going to be 5-0 so his attitude is exactly what I hope the entire team's attitude right. is and yeah I don't know that they have that I'm not saying they don't no, but I'm not saying they don't I know that he has I, I know he has it right. and I know that like, uh, you know, uh, who's an example? I know Coach Burns has that attitude because it's been all he knows is yeah. a certain, but I don't know what the consensus of the entire team is. Yeah. And when you have younger players who are at different levels of just where they're at in their career and uh, in maturity levels, it's, it's hard because you struggle early and some guys are just not where the Mike Pittman's Mike Pittman's are. Yeah. So it's just it's just a tough thing and I, I like we're saying that you would expect any USC team to be able to compete to win a Rose Bowl. I think this team yeah. physically has the talent to be able to win they, a Rose Bowl. They can win, team. yeah, they can win this conference. That's exactly. not like out of reach. But it's there's a secondary factor that's out there that Says, is this team going to be an eight and four team? Right. Is it going to be a you know a nine and three team, mm-hmm. or is it going to be a six and six team? Yeah. And that's what we'll have to wait and see, and that's what makes this part so interesting, is because mm-hmm. we're speculating about it, waiting to see how things play out. Most some teams are ranked in the top ten, and they're awful teams. Yeah, they don't. You know, they go, they fall right out of the top twenty-five. I think USC actually, and I've thought this for the last couple months, is in a great position because they don't have the initial pressure of what a USC football team normally has. Yeah, nobody's talking about them other than exactly us around here. Exactly, and so they don't have that pressure, which. At least is I would see it, and I would want to convey to the guys that they could have a you know there are some players who are in the NFL Hall of Fame because they played with a chip on their shoulder their entire career. There's people who make an entire career out of having a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And this USC football team, I don't want to say that they're playing out of anger, of course not, but they can have the mentality of playing with a chip on their shoulder be a Somewhat of a factor in it's legitimate. What makes the attitude of this team? They have a legitimate chip. They 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 have a. Where USC usually chip. doesn't. But you but see so the thing is is the chip on your shoulder, in my opinion, normally comes from somebody treating you, or overlooking you yeah. or something. This team deserves to be where it's at, right. and that's just the reality yeah, of where yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. So the chip on your shoulder comes from uh, 
more genuine place in my opinion gotcha. because it comes from a place where we're not doing what we need to be doing yeah. we need to put this program this university yeah which in my opinion is the number one college football program of all time I know Alabama is Alabama, but I think when you look at it as a as a whole, right. and you and you count Reggie's pies, you know, in those national championships, um, it's number one school. So I would see it as that because that was why I came to USC because I wanted to be a part of <laughs> the USC football program. Yeah, and that's something that nobody wanted. I never wanted to be a player that let down all the great players that came before. So I would I would hope this team can develop that attitude. Yeah. Because if they do, then you know a USC team they can do you know they they can win ten games this year. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. There's enough in the cupboard to do that. There's enough in the cupboard, and yeah. they're not you know they're they're in a position they're in, and it's. Nobody else's fault but theirs. So not being overlooked. Right, right. They're where they deserve to be. Are they content with being there? Mm. Mm-hmm. Because if they're content being there, then it might be like we might be a six and six year. Yeah. If they're not content and they want to come out and fight and prove that this is USC football, then maybe we'll win ten games this year. You've had the vibe that you got, and not to make a, a season prediction, but more have you gotten the vibe that the they do feel like they have a lot to prove? I've gotten the vibe that the team does feel like they have a lot to prove. I think that it's a compilation It's a compilation of several different things. The coaches, yeah. the players. There has to be... They, some of these... Like we, I was saying this uh, before. These guys are young. They're not adults. They're not NFL players. So, in a sense, they... College football is a little bit different because you have to motivate college football players a little bit. You don't have to motivate them in terms of, like, to work hard, but you have to kind of guide them in the right way. Yeah. And Keep them focused. You have to engage. Yeah, like they're, they're still they're kind of, yeah. they're in between being yeah. kids and adults, and you know. You're, you're immature naturally, yeah. you know, at between 18 and 22. Yeah. So Even that, if you're mature, you're, exactly. you're still an immature person. Exactly. So that part falls on the coaches where yeah you want to show these guys what it looks like to practice hard play well be successful yeah and then it also falls on the mature let's say older players on the team to provide the player example of what that looks like and the more guys that we can kind of get to believe that philosophy i think then it'll raise the bottom of the top of the team is fine it's the bottom of the team that needs to come up because those are the special teams guys those are some of the backup players who might be standing in the back during walkthrough and not paying attention when you get everybody on the same page that's what makes a team a better team a more complete team yeah rather than just having a couple good players we've had a couple good players on some USC teams the last couple of years. You're right. No, they literally have had team. like three or four guys every year that exactly. you, you knew were going to be very good, but exactly. it hasn't always amounted to. We need the entire the team. team. Yeah. 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 So that will be the interesting part. What about offense? What do you think they'll be good at? So I keep hearing this word air raid a lot. Yeah. 
And I'm, I'm very interested to see. I think the offensive line will be the biggest factor for this team. They're struggling in the scrimmage. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, his name, Jalen McKenzie. Yeah. I think he moved a position. Into the- yeah, so he's been playing right tackle, right guard, yeah. and it's not clear if which one he'll play. He's going to do one, but it, I think it depends on whether they like Andrew Voorhees more as a right guard or Drew Richmond as a right tackle. Yeah. And whoever they like between the two of those will will play, and then Jalen will play the other spot. Okay. So he he played more right tackle in practice, but he was playing right guard in that scrimmage. In the scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, any team offensively has to have a solid offensive line. Yeah. I think they have weapons. Mm-hmm. But offense is a little bit different than defense, obviously. Defense, you can be a great defense with discipline and effort. Uh-huh. You can be a good defense. Yeah, yeah. You can at least be a solid defense. You can be above average. Discipline, effort. You yeah. can win a. You can win games with that kind of defense. Okay. Offense is a little bit different. Penalties. How well do they play together? Especially yeah. the offensive line. Right. Turnovers. Turnovers. Ball security. Right. That was something that uh, Pete Carroll. I mean, talked about it every day for four years. <laughs> Ball security. Every day. Every single day. That's why he kept mentioning Gable. Every, <laughs> That's my guy, but he kept mentioning him because of the fumbles. He talked about it every single day. Yeah. It, there was so much emphasis on ball security. So, of course, uh, Michael Pittman's going to play well. The receivers are going to play well. There's some. There's a couple receivers that can yeah. play. They have NFL receivers. They do. Um, but it's one of those things where if the offensive line doesn't block... Yeah. And they don't respect our run game, mm-hmm. then it's going to make it really hard on the receivers. And I don't care if we had NFL receivers out there. Mm, literally, if, I know, yeah. If we don't, if uh, de- if the team we're playing puts a uh, prevent defense out there uh-huh. because they don't respect us in the run game yeah. or because they're front four D. Uh, can get to the. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to struggle. Yeah. So it really is a team effort. And. Um, Hmm. So, so even in this offense, because what we've been told is that with this air raid, mm-hmm. it kind of neutralizes the offensive line a little yeah. bit. But you still it think does. that it right? Does. But but you still think that they still need to be what adequate or or good? I mean, what? How good does it have to be? They they need to be they need they need to be good because as a football team, I was just watching. Uh, the first game of the year, and it was Miami oh, Florida, versus Florida. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was, I don't normally watch for offense, mm-hmm. but I was so frustrated by Miami at the end of the game because their offensive line couldn't block. The quarterback couldn't get the ball off. Mm. It just, it looked terrible. There might be some games where we're down. Yeah. And we have to throw the ball. Right, you become one dimensional. Exactly. And it's a dimension that they have, but if if they can't protect. If we don't, I mean, I understand that, you know, it can neutralize the offensive line a little bit. Okay. But if we get in a situation where we have to throw the football and our own line doesn't, can't block. Yeah. We're going to struggle. Yeah. Same way as if we get in a position where we need to 
uh, run the ball, pound the clock, or yeah. you know, control the clock. Excuse me, right. and pound the ball. And we can't get any movement from our offensive line. We're going to struggle. So, yeah. any team. It sounds very cliche, but until you well, see how it's cliche, it's true. It's in, yeah. Until you see how an offensive line really controls, can control a game. Yeah. It 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 is it is, it is very true. Bigger question mark: offensive line or cornerbacks right now? Um, I have to say the offensive line, and the only reason that I – well, not the only reason, but the reason that I say that is because uh, I know Coach Burns knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's been doing it for a very long time. Yeah. I think it's hard because some of the guys are young. We just got the kid that transferred at corner. Yeah. Um, but they're just – we're just going to see what happens. Hopefully, um, with our corners, there, there was – it's just frustrating to see some deep balls that get caught. That I mean, get yeah, I'm sure it bothers you more than anybody. Just, it, it, it's tough to see. But corners, if any other – corners can come a long way. Corners really come – I think the guys are good athletes. Okay. I think they are pretty good athletes from what I've seen. I think they just need to get some experience and really some confidence – Corner is a very – I would say cornerback is the hardest position other than quarterback because mm. you're playing a guy – let's say you're playing a man-to-man. Yeah. We're talking about I'm covering you. My body is – you know, I'm running next to you. If I'm off by an inch, this is the difference between winning a game and losing a game. Yeah. I can have great coverage as a corner. The perfect throw will be perfect coverage. I can, yeah, I can have great – Body position on yeah. you, do everything right, and be five ten. My arm's not long enough, yeah. And the ball goes right over. Maybe if you know my fingernail was an inch longer, that would make a difference. But that's part of playing corner. The guy's gonna catch some ball, so yeah. some of that goes to confidence. Some of it goes to experience. And I think that, like I said, corners can come a long way. They they really can come a long way, especially during the course of a season. Yeah. But we need our guys to play well from the beginning, obviously. And yeah. I think that there are things that we can do as a defense and if our front four and you know some of our linebackers can get pressure on the quarterback, then that'll take some of the pressure off of our corners. We can let's say hide them in a sense. Sure. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. But uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see. I, I can't say that the cor- I'm more concerned about the corners because uh, I do believe that Coach Burns will get them right. Yeah. I know he will get them right. Um, do you like Elijah? I, I think Elijah, Yeah. again, he hasn't played a lot, no. so I can't promise that he'll be great right away. But I would expect that by the end of the year he's going to be good. I would, I would think that, um, like we were saying earlier, that some things you just have to experience. Yeah. You, we can coach them up. We can show them the film. But until they get out there and experience it, it's it, that's the only way that you really can develop the skills that you need. So that is why you would say that in practice, you want to get as many of those scenarios out of the way. And you want to practice full speed. Some of the guys, that's, I was watching some of our guys, and I'm saying, you guys practice like an NFL team. And I don't mean that in a good way. You guys are practicing like you're 
NFL players, but NFL players understand certain tempos and they've been through the process. They know mm-hmm. how to drive a comeback route at full speed. Yeah. You guys have to physically go through and be tired and feel what it feels like to drive a comeback at, at, at full speed or um, get off a uh, wide receiver block on a screenplay. You have mm-hmm. to feel that. And then it'll you kind of are in a sense adding that skill to your game. But the right. more you do it, the better you're going to be at it. If you don't experience it at practice, why would you expect to go out there and be able to right. do it in the game? And NFL players already train that muscle. No, I mean it's like night and day with what they kind of know how to apply themselves exactly, in the practice. Exactly. Compared to these exactly. 19, 20 year olds. So that's that's the that's a huge factor where I've always thought that physically, just on a pure physical basis yeah college football was way more taxing than nfl football ever was obviously nfl football physically is very yeah. hard and it's game yeah it's very different part it's very different in a sense but college football for me the practices were just hell i mean it was like <laughs> it was very physical it was like full speed everything was you know maximum effort yeah and I would just like to see our team uh, approach it that way do that because yeah the thing is is once you stand up once you set a baseline a standard for yeah. what practice is for you what your tempo is what your level of quote unquote maximum effort is that's what the team is going to then uh reciprocate every time they step on the field and if you don't set it at a very high level then it's kind of just gonna continuously go down and get lower and lower so if you're through the course of the season throughout the entire course of the season we've seen that actually i've known it happens all the time yeah right i mean usually training camp is well i mean we say so here's the thing you say that like with new rules and you can only do certain amount of practices or you can only practice for certain amount of time right my thing to combat that would be, and this is something that a lot of coaches, whether you're in the NFL or in college football, I would think that when you're on the field, even if you're only on the field for 90 minutes, okay, let's do 90 minutes at, uh, you know, 100%. Right. 90 minutes at 100%. Yeah. Because then at least whenever the uh, ball is hiked, snapped, you're going at the same tempo you're going to go. On game day, mm-hmm. so all you know that's is all you a game day tempo. That's yeah. that's all you know. I mean, right. it is versus. Let's we're gonna say, have a game day tempo 80, on Tuesday, exactly. But Thursday, we're gonna exactly. you know. I mean, I get that Friday can walk through, but I'm talking about the other days of the week. Yeah, and exactly. And then even on a Friday when it's a let's say a walkthrough, yeah, you can still have a game day tempo. You just have it mentally, and you have guys. You might not have even cleats on, but guys physically are overemphasizing everything that they're doing. Hmm. So they're still exerting maximum effort. They're just doing it maybe in a different way. But you still right. have guys. It's not physical. Exactly. You still have guys doing all the proper steps. And those are just small things that the coaches can do. Okay. And coach up. Like, I, I remember being coached even on stuff we did in the walkthrough. And you would say, why is he coaching me on this? It's a walkthrough. <laughs> but it all goes to the greater purpose yeah. of being able to be technically correct all the time. Every you time. see that. It's, yeah, I mean, you see it. All, I saw it in college. I saw it in the NFL. It's just something that once you have that standard, 
it'll be all you know. And, and win or lose, you can lose with that standard. I mean, it's yeah, you right. It's, not that you can be you content. A, you can guarantee that you're undefeated. But it it guarantees that you won't. If you do lose a game, you can live with that. It's hard to live with losing and then saying, "Man, I wish I would have." But if you know that you went out there and you guys did everything you can, right? That's a lot better place to to live in the mindset to live in than to yeah. lose and say, "Man, I'm, you know." But once again, they're college football players. They have to be introduced to that standard. Yeah, yeah. they have to live it, breathe it, but somebody has to show it to them first for yeah. them to be able to operate at that level. That, that tempo and intensity that you described, would you say that Pete Carroll was most responsible for setting that standard? I would. So here's the thing about Pete. I would say that Pete is, well, obviously Pete was the one who put a ton of emphasis on it, Yeah. but one of the things that Pete was very fortunate to have was a surrounding cast that took things to that level. I mean, he had uh, Ken Norton, yeah, who I think was probably the most important person on the staff in terms of a mentality and a mindset because he was the same way, the same attitude and uh, personality that he was on game day. He was on Tuesdays. Hmm. And uh, Rocky's coach, Rocky Seto, yeah. he was the exact same way. Hmm. He was, I mean, he was always on. Yeah. And it's hard for even coaches to, it's almost like acting. Yeah. It's, all, it's hard to always be that way. Right. But they understood yeah. that they had to do certain things Can to you get guys? us going. Yeah. And maybe it was a big hit in the beginning of practice, and then everybody on the team blows up, and then everybody is at that level. But it just... Coach Carroll was, let's if it's the trickle effect. Coach Carroll was at the top of the pyramid, yeah. and it went down to his defense coordinators, his position coaches, yeah. and it just kind of produced atmosphere where guys were talking a lot of trash to each other. Guys were competing in one-on-one pass rush drills. We would watch those drills as a team. Nobody wanted to be the one that was losing on film in front of the rest of the team. Yeah. And so it goes to, and we had spoke about this before, it goes to, uh, if we're talking about the USC team now, and Coach Helton, he doesn't have to beat any other coach that was previously here. Yeah. But there's a balance within each team. If he's that way, I would wonder if there are defense coordinators or position coaches that pick up the enthusiasm where he doesn't maybe necessarily have it or show it. And that's kind of just where it's a balance in the team. Because even when uh, Pete was here, you had some position coaches who weren't vocal, who weren't uh, rah-rah coaches or trying to get guys pumped up. You go to the NFL, none of the coaches are really like that. They're kind of just coaching. You know, They're coaching yeah. from a... a statistic standpoint versus like a in your face yelling at you yeah um so i would think that it kind of just is a balance on the team and that's where every coach is a good coach every coach from college every head coach in college football knows what he's talking about he you can't get to that position and not be a good football coach it's just hard because i've seen coaches that 
are great coaches. They'll go to a team, and the team won't win any games. It's just part of football at the college level, at the NFL level. Position coaches that are great coaches, the team doesn't play well. Head coaches. I was with uh, Hugh Jackson, yeah. and he went to, when he went to Cleveland, Cleveland was awful. And he was a hell of a football coach. He's a great football coach. He knows what he's talking about. He he puts in as much effort as any other coach. Mm. But they just struggle. So what do you you know, what do you do? How do you how do you find that right balance of you know, if Coach Helton, let's say he would have went to a different school and it would have meshed with that team. Yeah. Would they have they might have won 11 games this year or the last couple of yeah, years, yeah. something like that. So gotcha. you never know how it's kind of like uh, certain pieces of the puzzle need to come together. together, mm-hmm. And, um, and it, it'll just be very interesting to see how this will play out. Yeah, so when people ask you, I'm sure they do, especially now that you've been around the program a little bit in the, in the summer, when they ask you how USC is going to do this year, what do you tell them? So I just, I, <laughs> <laughs> they, they ask that and they ask, well, you know, how is it compared? And people ask that, like, well, how is it compared yeah. to? And I, I, yeah, I want to defend the current staff because the thing is, is nobody should want to be anybody from the past. Of course, you... Each team is different. They have different players. They have different coaches. They have a different identity. What you would want to do is is develop or take small things from maybe what other players or other coaches have done and, in a sense, add it to your game or add it to your arsenal. I think that this, this team... It's a wide range. It's a very wide right. range, and it could go several different ways it could go a couple of different directions and we could really surprise people yeah and we could really struggle yeah it's so different than when you were here and it, I, I'm not trying to make that comparison no. but I knew going into each one of those years that there was only about a two win range for you guys like I even look at 09 and that was probably the worst possible scenario that you guys could have yeah had. we lost four games you're right and yeah you won nine. If you would have played that season ten times over, right? Yeah. The, the I think nine was like your floor. Yeah. You know, and the ceiling would have been like maybe twelve, or twelve and one. You know, whatever. But that's only about a three win range there. Yep. And and then the ones before that, you literally went twelve and one, eleven and two. Yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of give there. Yeah. This one. It could go a couple. Different I can see them kind of. Hitting all these different things, and maybe the the Pac-12 is really down, and they win ten games. Like I, I don't think that's crazy. I'm not expecting that, but I guess it could happen. And I could see them almost repeating their record because the Pac-12 is actually pretty, good, pretty good, and they're yeah. playing these road games, and they got to play Notre Dame, and maybe they have a hard time with BYU on the road. Yeah, and they only win five or six. So that's where it comes down to. It really comes down to. Small things uh-huh. like we we're talking about uh, procedural errors or uh, you know false start penalties because when you're playing in very close games, like we're talking about, if the team is playing in close, like yeah. versus the teams maybe when I was here where we were gonna beat some of these teams by a couple touchdowns sure. or something like we just yeah. we're just better. Teams yeah, yeah. Than them. You only lost by single digits yeah. up until nine. 
if we're if we're playing in tough close games, uh-huh. then it's going to come down to small things. Yeah. It's going to come down to turnovers, specifically if you know like a plus one or a or huh. even margin. Yeah. It's going to come down to uh, field position. It's going to come down to not making mental mistakes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's going to come down to a running back not fumbling, let's say, in the third quarter. I mean, it's going to come down to very small yeah, things. Like a player too. Exactly. So that's where the, the mentality and the mindset and the attention to detail on very specific things are going to really come yeah. come out. You know, yeah. Like, it, it could come down to a fumbled ball in the way that the ball bounces on the ground, and then who picks up that fumble? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it, when it's that close, you really – I mean, it really overall, you want to be able to do every small thing that you can. Right. But we have to be, you know, very, very uh, – we have to scratch and claw and fight and be very stingy yeah. in terms of opportunities and taking yeah. advantage of opportunities because we could – be very close in some games and be six and six, or there could be four or five games that are decided by six points. Yeah, and we could be, you know, ten and two. Right. So. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, yeah. Helching likes to talk about the fact that I think there were four games last year where they lost by a touchdown or less. Exactly. However. A couple of those, they scored in garbage time yeah. to create so it came that. back, yeah. Right, they, they yeah. really were down yeah. by double digits. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I feel like this year it's going to be more about like what you're talking about, where they'll probably be in a lot of competitive games. I think it will be. They're not going to blow a lot of people out, but I don't think they'll get blown out either. Yeah. It's going to come down to late in the game, you're up three, you're down three, whatever. Yeah. And... I'm not going to commit to a record myself, and I'm not asking yeah. you to. But what I will say is that I would suspect that this team will win more plays than they did a year ago. Yeah. Whereas a year ago, let's say there were 85 plays in the game. Yeah. They were really only winning about half of them. Yeah, it, it was. And uh, sometimes even less. Yeah. Whereas, you know, compared to when you were here, and you guys were winning probably like two-thirds of the plays. Gotcha. Right? Nobody wins every play. Yeah. You guys were winning about two-thirds of the we're, plays. We were winning the majority of the plays. Yeah. yeah. And, and in those funky games where you guys did fall, it was probably closer to even. Yeah. You know? And it only happened a few times, but it happened. Yeah. And then I, really the only exceptions were Oregon, Stanford, 09, back-to-back where they they won the majority of plays. That's like really the only time I can even remember that yeah. happening yeah. under Carroll. Yeah. You know? But but my point is with this team, I would suspect that it will get above fifty percent. I would I would think that they would win more than half the plays, but not dramatically more. Yeah. You know, just a little bit more. Yeah. And so even then, even if you do win more than fifty percent of the plays, it doesn't guarantee you the win. No. It's gonna come down to like you're saying, are you know, do you start a, a crucial drive off with a holding call? Exactly. And you just derail, you know, potential field goal that you need. Yeah. That would have given you the game. I I would say that this team definitely at the end of the season, we'll look back on the season and say there were, you know, at least nine, ten games that they know they could have won. That could go either way. Maybe at the end of the season, they will have won these games. Maybe they won't. But there will be ten games this year that were decided by one or two, three plays. Right. They might look back on a loss and say we could have won this game 
if we hadn't had this penalty, something like that. So there's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a, you know, fighting in a small room, bar room brawl type of season for this team. And then that's where the adversity and, and kind of persevering and the attitude of the coaches and the leaders, the seniors, is really going to come into effect because if they struggle early or if things are kind of up in the air and then you have guys that are really setting an example for the rest of the team and holding this team together during those tough times, yeah, this team could really go one way or the other. What With the schedule being the way it is, yeah. is that, I guess, potentially a, a big problem if they started out and they were two and three, yeah. and, and not because they're a bad team, but because they played one of the toughest tough. schedules in the country. It's just tough. It's just tough. So that's it'll be very interesting. Yeah, that's a real thing, though, right? It is a very real thing. I think that it could go one way or the other, and that's why I'm so interested in seeing what happens with some of these older guys and the influence that they have throughout the team, the Mike Pittmans and JT, and if they really can hold this team together and then show some of these younger guys, hey, we can really be successful. We just have to do the right thing. So it's kind of going to be a learning process, and it'd be very interesting to see after they go through some adversity. Because something's going to happen. Something's going to happen this yeah. season. Yeah. And we'll really understand and, and learn the character of this team and and through what happens after that adversity occurs. Is there a game that, you know, we don't know the future, but is there a game that you look at on schedule and, and you see, okay, because of that situation, you feel like that could be a make-or-break game for the season? I think... It's, it's hard because the first half of the season, there's several games in there that are <laughs> yeah. tough football games. So Yeah, maybe all of them. I think all of them. I think, it's, I think if you look at it in terms of a single game, I think that's something that you would do at the end of the season. Okay. But I think we need to keep these guys focused on performing day in and day out yeah. because that's what the season's going to be. They're going to have to show up and earn it every single week. They're going to have to show up and, and prove who they are, who we are as a football team. Right. And so hopefully if they can just keep their head down and stay hungry and stay focused on the ultimate goal, yeah. then by the end of the season they'll look up and say, hey, we're in a pretty good position. Yeah. But normally you would say, I would say like Notre Dame is going to be very, very interesting because it's always interesting. But – you know, with like teams like Stanford, I, I don't. It's awkward for me to say that Stanford is playing well or, or playing better, but it just the Pac-10 is not Pac-10. Pac-12. Wait, what's the Pac-10? I always say that. I yeah, always yeah. say that. I, I give two. It's occasion. very tough. I mean, it's it's just going to be very interesting. But at the same time, I'm happy that the Pac-12 is playing better yeah. because it's always been looked at as the weaker conference uh-huh. in, you know, the big college football conferences. Yeah. So I am happy that, you know, there it, it is going better for the Pac-12. Yeah, well, the floor is real high. They're going yeah, to parity in exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, right now, they do not have the national respect. They, they don't have a yeah. national title contender exactly. or an obvious one. Yeah. But w- I, go back to Stanford for a moment there. You said it's awkward for you to, I guess, acknowledge 
their place. Well, so of course, like Stanford, you would. They were little brother when you were here. They were definitely. But they became big but brother. When that was when Coach Harbaugh first got there, yeah. and, they, and Coach Harbaugh, Coach, Coach Harbaugh is a hell of a football coach, and he really. I think he is a perfect example of how an attitude can change an entire program. Yeah. Because obviously Stanford football, you don't you would never think of Stanford football as being a tough football program. Right. Until right. Coach Harbaugh got there. Yeah. Ever. And they became a tough football program. Yeah. Same player like the, the same players that they had recruited before. Yeah. But those guys developed in a completely different attitude. Yeah. And they became a tough football program. I mean, people feel that way even about USC under yeah. Carroll. Yeah. Where oh, you guys course. were a nasty team and that wasn't always a reputation. I know it was tellback you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it became was a something different. Before, yeah, and then it became like a uh it was still a flashy football program. Yeah. It was still USC Trojan. But it was liked by the but defense. It became a lot tougher of yeah. a football. I mean it became right. like big, strong Ignore that thirty for thirty. Exactly. Where it was all about yeah, 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 Reggie yeah. and Yeah, exactly. Liner. But it, at the same time it was listen, the USC football program worked harder than anybody. Had great athletes, but at the end of the day worked harder than anybody else that was out there. Mm. Hands down. Yeah. So that to me is what these teams are going to change. Coaches will change. But USC football team has to work harder and be hungrier. Like you said, be nastier. Yeah. Be able to be willing to scratch, claw, fight, do whatever it takes. Because that's the other thing about being at a USC in Los Angeles. Yeah. These Alabamas, the Floridas, the LSUs, they get a certain respect because of the part of the country that they're in. There's nothing else there. They grow up living, breathing football. Here, you have now uh, two pro football teams. You have the baseball teams. You have the basketball teams. You have Hollywood. We need to get back to that, in a sense, smash-mouth football. And we had that when I was here. Yeah. And they've had it in the past. And that is what I would like to see. And if they can have that uh, mindset... The team will be all right. I guarantee you that the team will be all right if they can have that mindset because that's what football is built on. Yeah. That's really the basics of football. Beating the guy in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been great. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. I really want to kind of talk about you, but we're going to save that for another we'll time. We'll save that for another time. That'd be yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell me maybe a quick story about a time when you were here? Just something that comes to mind? Something that you want to share? Oh, something that comes to mind when I was in school here. Yeah. It could be about anything. It could be about, you know, a game, a practice, a song girl. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about that one because I don't, I, I have to think about that one. Um, oh, man, a story. I don't know. You, I might have to do this next time. I might have to think about right. what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would say that. It'll be worth it to wait and then okay. hear it next time and let me think about something. Because it's funny, uh, a lot of things, and I talk to guys uh, that I play with here, and it just, older guys would always come back and say, have fun while you're here, have fun while you're here. Yeah. Don't, like, the NFL is cool, but I never really realized yeah. it until I left. And then now 10 years later, I'm like, man, it's, it was so much fun just being in college. It just like especially during that time period and like I said I had some of the best teammates I had some of the like just the best people around me mm-hmm. and just to be here and, and for us to play well as a program um, it was a lot of fun yeah 
you know, it was a it was a lot of fun. Good time to be a Trojan. Yeah, it it was a really good time to be a Trojan. Uh, I I have a story, but I don't know if you want me. You want yeah, me to let's do it. I mean, we we. I don't. It. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say it. All I, right. I'm going to say it. Okay. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. Uh. So me and uh, Kevin Ellison, yeah. who was one of my best friends, and yeah. rest peace, Kevin Ellison. He was one, he was one of yeah. the best people that I've ever uh, knew. But we uh. I was because I started as a freshman yeah. and he was a sophomore. Yeah. We uh, we were roommates. We both played safety and we were roommates. And during uh, training camp, yeah. we it was the same time as Rush was for the um, good fraternity. Yeah, yeah, for the for yeah, the, the sorority yeah. Rush things was. So my freshman year, uh, we <laughs> we made a bet that yeah. in three years we would go to one of the uh, rush parties, like yeah. the sorority parties okay. during rush week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we were, like, handling our business and taking care of, you know, where we wanted to be in our college football careers. Yeah. So it was the... But it was always on the night of our... Uh, it was always on the night of our uh, pre-scrimmage, like, mock game or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. What gave you this past weekend? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. always on the thing of our yeah. mock game. And so we had to stay in a hotel. Yeah. So, and it wasn't like, it was, I mean, it was serious. Obviously, it was yeah. very serious. But what we said, my, I'm, I'll never forget, it's my freshman year. So this was three years before we did it. Yeah. Four, three, no, three years before we did it. Uh-huh. Um, once we got there, so now I'm a junior. Yeah. Kevin's a senior. Right. We said, hey, we got to do it. Like, so what yeah. we did was we went to the party. We, <laughs> we snuck out of the uh, we snuck out of the hotel. We went to the party, and it just was funny because like we had been talking about it for three years leading up to that. Yeah, we had been talking about it. We were out on the road. Like some of the people were looking at us, like, "Are you guys? Uh, you guys aren't supposed to be here right, right now." And um, and then went and did the scrimmage the next day. And we played well. We played well. But we, I think Virginia, right? Oh, wait. That was opener? the Virginia year. Yeah, so you blew them out. it was a mock game for Virginia. Yeah. And it just was funny because uh, it was like, uh, <laughs> it just was a, uh, we, we didn't, I didn't really go out a whole lot in college. Yeah. But that was always like a time that we wanted to go to hang out with the sorority girl. Right. And we could never it was really all do new, it during, right? They exactly, were all new and everything exactly. was new. Exactly. So we wanted to like sure. be out there and do it. Yeah. So we went out there and did it and um <laughs> and and it just was funny because we had talked about it for a couple of years leading up to it. Yeah. And I remember that like after my freshman year that next year we were like, Okay, we got two more years and then we Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you build up to it. Hey, we're gonna we're ready it. for it. And uh so it, it just it was it was fun, like in I think that was a that was a really good example because we worked very hard, yeah. And obviously, what we did wasn't right, yeah. And, you know, it wasn't the worst thing we could have did, but it yeah. wasn't right. In it, but um, we we just had it was so much fun. That that's one of those small things that we did that kind of is like a great example of my time at USC. Like we worked really hard, and it it uh, it had fun at the same time, and that's something that's very hard to do. Yeah. You know, it's something that's very hard. Yeah, to you do, guys so. were very yeah. a very unified bunch exactly. at that time. Yeah, and yeah. and I lived like I said, I lived with uh, Brian Cushing, so that was a whole other <laughs> life experience. That'll be the I next think. podcast. That would be the next one. Yeah. <laughs> that was a whole other thing that I went through. Yeah. So. So you guys had a good evening that that. Yeah, evening? we just went out and like just kind of walked around. Things and went just well. Flirted. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, we just did that, and then. Um, would you guys be staying in downtown at no, that time? No, we stayed or at the hotel over the by red- the uh, airport. 
Oh. Yeah, we stayed. Oh, at really? the, I think it was the was Radisson by the airport. We stayed at a hotel by the airport. Okay. By and then we got on the bus, yeah, okay. and then went to the Coliseum. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of like a road game. It was like because it was a road because game. Because it was a road That's game. That's why we yeah, didn't yeah. stay at but the Marriott. But what, like, if you guys were hosting. We would have stayed at the Marriott. Okay. If we were doing a mock game for a home game, we would have stayed Got in the area. Yeah. I didn't even realize that, they, that you guys would go away from downtown yeah. because so that you experience yeah. being in a uh, on the bus, different stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of the, yeah. the ride and yeah. Okay. So cool. it was. Uh, that was a fun. Uh, that was just a. That was yeah. a fun time. I bet it was. And luckily, we didn't get in trouble. But we remember saying you guys like, didn't get caught. No, we didn't get caught. But we remember. Well, nobody we probably felt guilty though. Nobody knows that. Until, no, we, we did feel a little guilty, but we were a little. Uh, we probably needed to be brought down to earth a little bit because okay. we were saying like, "Well, what are they gonna do? Bench us?" <laughs> right. Know? Both of it. Yeah, you can't bench both of us. Both of us. But, uh, it just was funny, and I think we actually felt fine with it because uh, we we worked really we you know we worked yeah. really hard and we took it very seriously. Right. So it, even though we did the wrong thing, like I said. Um, you know, it it just was one of those things. Yeah. That's the worst thing that we did then. Yeah. So I won't count. I mean, it is what it is. Everybody <laughs> knows now. Right. But it, it's it's funny. Okay, Taylor. Yeah. Taylor Mays, thank you very much. We're good. Yeah. So this was the the first edition of Troy Stories, my new podcast at Sports Illustrated. I hope you guys check it out. Hope you like it. I'll be bringing much more of it throughout the season. I'm going to connect with Taylor more. We're going yeah, to talk that would about be awesome. yeah. Yeah, what's Especially going on. After we'll see how USC plays. Uh, and we'll have a lot better grasp on yeah. what the trajectory of this team will I, I think be. We'll learn a lot with yeah, the opener. Definitely. Yeah, I look definitely. forward to it. All right, well, we'll talk about it next time. But until then, thank you very much, everyone. Be good. Okay, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the first episode of Troy Stories. I hope you enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. I certainly did. I'm hoping to connect with Taylor more moving forward. As you can tell, he's got a really analytical mind and brings so much perspective after playing a game at a high level and winning as much as he did while at USC. Remember to check out my new venture with Sports Illustrated Media. Again, the URL is mavensports.io slash USC. The site, download the app, the whole nine. This podcast will be available on the major platforms in short order. For now, you can find new episodes on the site. Until next time.